Hey, this is Kyle Poppenham. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages you and helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, this morning, I have a message that I've really wrestled with over the last week because, as you well know, there's been a ton of things in the news that have just been absolutely heart-wrenching. And so today, I hope that we can sit in a conversation with grace and with truth and with love in our hearts for all people. And I'm going to open us up by reading the scripture that we're going to be talking out of this morning, and that's out of Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. So here we go. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered this correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side of the road. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was and saw him. He took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him into an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robber? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus replied, go and do likewise. This morning, it's a tough topic, but the title of my message is, Who is my neighbor? Father, I pray right now that you would speak, that you would heal, that you would distribute grace where it's needed, distribute mercy where it's needed. But Father, more than ever, would you give us a heart for your kids and your kingdom. We love you and we praise you and thank you for what you're going to speak to us and through us this morning. Amen. Amen. Having sat with a bunch of friends and, and my staff this week, it's very evident that God is going to speak something to your heart through this message, and we can each find a place that we can serve, that we can serve each other, that we can take care of our neighbors. No doubt you've seen the news this week. You've seen the pictures and the video of George Floyd with a knee on his neck screaming, I can't breathe. And I'm really excited that we have seen elected officials and all kinds of protests step out to speak against this kind of behavior. But I have to say, I don't believe it's their job to enforce this issue. This needs to be taken care of in our own hearts. No law is ever going to change someone's heart. And so my prayer, and I hope your prayer too, is God change our hearts 
I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I'm appreciative of a renewed dialogue about this topic. I think something has to change because this is not just a black issue. This is not just a white issue. This is a human issue. It ought to be a heart issue. I love what Bishop T.D. Jake said this week in an interview. He said, we're not asking to not be arrested. We're just asking not to be sentenced in the street. This should not be hard for Christians to get behind. If you go back and you look at the story of the Good Samaritan, which, by the way, is constantly quoted throughout our communities and throughout our culture, regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, everybody knows this story. The Good Samaritan is about helping someone regardless of what they look like, regardless of where they're from, regardless of what they believe. There is a base human level that we have to participate on. And if I'm being honest, I believe that's the level that Christ meets us at every single time. It's been a very interesting season with our church being in quarantine, with every church being in quarantine, with COVID-19 going throughout the land. And now we don't even hear about COVID. We just hear about the riots and the protests. And so my, my heart has questioned Jesus this week, saying, I wonder, is it, could it be, Lord, that you have positioned your church because of COVID, you've taken us out of our comfort zone and positioned us in a place where we could actually act and respond in a way that is correct for this specific scenario. Don't get me wrong, George Floyd was not an isolated incident. We had Ahmaud Arbery, we had Breonna Taylor, and so many more that this has happened to. And so I want you to know where Legacy Church stands. We are with you. We are with the black community. We are with the Hispanic community. We are with the Asian community. We are with the Native American community. We are with everybody because we were called first to be citizens of heaven. Then we can take on our cultural identity. And I don't think that's wrong. We want to celebrate the differences. In fact, one of our uh, core values here at Legacy is celebrate community. You can't celebrate community if you can't celebrate a person. You can't celebrate... Uh, a, a community if you can't celebrate their culture as well. I wonder, are you finding yourself more upset about the church being locked out of its building than you are about this issue? Because if you are more upset about the church being locked out of its building than you are with a man dying in the streets, I'm going to challenge you to check your heart. I want to challenge you to have a conversation with Jesus saying, make sure there's nothing in me that resembles racism. Make sure there's nothing in me that resembles prejudice against people. Besides, what good is an open church if the streets are on fire? Wasn't it the church that was challenged to go forward into all the world, not just sit in the pews? Wasn't it us that was given the eternal resources from heaven itself saying, I want you to go into all the land, make disciples regardless of color, and bring them to me. And then I will use them to do the same in other places. We cannot call ourselves Christians and condone racism. We cannot call ourselves Christ followers and, and condone people dying in the streets the way that George Floyd did. I think the main problem here, though, at least in the church is we have lost the art of conversation. We've, we've lost the art of talking to someone and hearing their side. We've lost the art of listening to, to learn instead of listening to respond. 
We've replaced this conversation thing with clicks and comments instead of actual conversation that lasts for hours at a time to hear someone's heart. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, reach out to your friends and have a meaningful conversation that lasts more than five minutes about this topic. And then ask them, how can I help you? After all, isn't that the lesson that Jesus taught us about the Good Samaritan? That it was his compassion that showed the heart of Christ. I've said many times that it is my job as the pastor of this church to equip the saints. That's what Jesus called me to do. My job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Well, saints, it is time to step up. It is time to do the work of the ministry. It is time to do the work of reconciliation and the work of kingdom building. We have to love each other. I love that in this story, let's scroll back up to the top. It starts out by saying an expert in the law came to test Jesus. An expert in the law would have meant that he knew everything about the law. He was raised in this, this tradition that he was a part of. Probably from the time he was a young boy, he would have been in school learning about all of these things. And then he would have studied under a rabbi by the age of 12. And then he would have gone on and done so much for his community in the way of religion. And so he approached Jesus and says, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus replies with this incredible parable of the Good Samaritan. But then Jesus at the end asks him, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robber? And the same expert who was trying to trap Jesus ended up falling into his own trap and having to recognize the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, you're correct. Now go and do likewise. So my question to you today is this, who is your neighbor? Is it actually the person who lives next to you? Is it the person across the street? Is it the person you work with? Is it someone in your family? Who is your neighbor and how are you showing mercy to them? How are you showing the love and compassion of the kingdom of heaven to them? I think the saddest part of this entire parable is the people who passed by the man who was beaten up by the robbers were church people. It says they were priests. They were the ones who were dressed up to go to church. They were the ones who knew what had to be done once they got into the building, but they forgot that what was inside the building was actually supposed to be out on the street. And so church, I'm saying it is time for us to get out of our building, get out of our comfort zone and start helping people on a human level to understand the goodness, the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ. What we saw this week has to stop. And can I just be honest with you? It has to start with us. It has to start with the Christians. It has to start with the church getting out of its four walls and being a part of what God called us to do, and that is to show mercy. The best place to start is by asking the Holy Spirit where you can grow the most. Ask him to search your heart and take away anything that doesn't look like him, anything that doesn't resemble the kingdom of heaven. That's what he will do. He will show you, and then it's your responsibility to step into that to begin to work on those things, and he'll help you. He'll give you the power. I mean, that's what we celebrated last week with Pentecost Sunday. It's the Holy Spirit giving us power to fix this issue. I want to challenge everyone in our church, be on the side 
of Jesus. Regardless of where you stand on the issues, be on the side of Jesus. Because I want to be known as someone who is on the side of Jesus. I want Legacy Church to be known as something that was on the side of Jesus. We're constantly considering what does the kingdom want. Jesus stood for people that others didn't stand for. And he stood for people that others didn't stand with. The reason Jesus was able to stand with people is because he was able to sit with them and hear their story and understand them. So many times he went and had dinner with Zacchaeus. He went and had uh, a meal with the outcasts. He went and targeted the people who were marginalized. Every single time Jesus is out doing something, those are the people he was after. And he was only able to stand up and stand with them because he was able to sit down and understand them. And so I want to encourage you this week, have a conversation where you can sit down with someone and understand them. Just listen to learn. That's all. Don't respond if you don't have anything good to say. Don't respond if you don't know what to say. Just tell them, I'm with you. If you don't know what to say, then just tell them, I'm with you. Here in this moment, I see you, I hear you, because ultimately, that's what Jesus did for us. When we invite him into our hearts, he's telling us, I'm with you. That's his entire message. People have been saying all week that if you remain silent, you are complicit. And I just want to clear that up because it has been something that I have wrestled with all week long. Can I just be honest with you for a second? Sometimes my silence doesn't mean I agree with what's happening. Sometimes my silence means I took time to pray and search myself first before I posted about it. Sometimes my silence means I'm actually working and taking care of some details so that people feel more comfortable. I know I called a bunch of my friends this week to check in on them, to say, hey, how are you doing? I know this hits your community hard, so how can I help? How can I pray with you? I just want you to know I'm here with you. Sometimes in order to affect change, you can't post right away. Sometimes the real work happens in here first. Now that's not to say don't post anything. Don't ever say anything. Do, do what you feel God is calling you to do. I want to encourage you to do that. But please, let's not get to the point where we are constantly belittling people for what they do or don't post. Let's not water down our message so much that we're relegated to the 140 characters on a screen. Let's make sure that our influence means something in our communities. That's what legacy is all about. We want to serve people. Our first value that we set out as a church... I remember sitting down and watching an episode of a television program where there are a bunch of gay guys going in and fixing up people's houses and wardrobes and all this stuff. And for 45 minutes, I sat on my couch and wept because they were helping a church. And one of them at the very beginning of the episode says, I will not go in the church. The church is the source of all of my pain. And I watched for 45 minutes as he wrestled with the people in the church who are supposed to be like Christ, who are supposed to be taking care of him and loving on him, regardless of his skin color, regardless of his orientation. We're supposed to love them. And so I want Legacy Church, I want you to be known as someone who leads with love. That has to be the first thing because that's the first thing Jesus calls us to. Is love the Lord your God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm asking you, what are you doing in real life, not on social media, to make a difference in this world? Are you studying? Are you reading? 
Are you watching? Are you learning? Are you talking? Are you having conversations? Are you going out and supporting these people? Are you taking them food? Are you making sure they feel loved? There is another group of people in this fight that I have a heart for because I see a place where I can help affect change. I went this week and started the process of becoming a chaplain for the Tustin Police Department because all week I have seen the hashtag police the police and I just thought to myself, what, what if we just pastored them? What if we came alongside them and helped make systems better so that the issues that the black community is facing don't have to be as large? What if I helped by getting in and actually helping people on a human level, regardless of their job or regardless of their skin color? That's what I want you to do. That's what I want Legacy Church to be about. I want to encourage you, get out and do something to be a part of change. Effect change. That's what Jesus called us to do. And I believe this. In the middle of the worst circumstances, Jesus can bring out the best in you. Jesus can bring out the best in humanity. Just a great life rule is look for the best in people. Begin to see things through Jesus' eyes in your own life. Begin to see people who, who matter to Jesus. And then if you see something in someone's life that you really like about them, do me a favor and say it. You have no idea how much one encouraging word will help somebody get through this season. It will mean everything to them. I believe this, and I've said this since before our church launched, the local church is the hope of the world, and it is time for hope to stand up. We have diluted our voice so much by sharing what we don't care about or sharing what we don't like about people. And I want the church to be known as a place of compassion, a place of peace and mercy, a place of refuge where people can come and know Jesus regardless of their skin color, regardless of their profession. People need to know that there is hope. And church, we are the hope of the world. This is the main tool that Jesus used to effect change in the world. So let's stand up and let's be known for what's right. So I'm asking you, church, where are you? Where are you? Where are you standing up? Where are you serving? And then have you identified who your neighbor is? Have you identified people in your life that you could stand with and pray with this week? If you haven't, I want you to take a second, and even if you need to pause this video right now, find some people in your phone book or, or your friends list that you could pray with this week. Call them and talk to them. Let them know that you are with them. See, I'm really worried that we as the church have been focusing on the wrong us and them. I don't know if you've heard that term at all this week. I have. It's been the blacks versus the whites. It's been the whites versus everyone else. It has been blacks versus everyone else. And I think we've been focusing on that the wrong way. The reality is we shouldn't be focusing on the one that exists to separate brothers and sisters, all of whom, by the way, Jesus died for. We've been focused on keeping their culture out of our culture when the reality is we should be focused on the kingdom of heaven. There is an us and them that we should be worried about. And it's us, the saved, the redeemed, and the them, the broken and the lost. That's who Jesus called us to be concerned about. And church, it's time for us to start caring about them in a deeper way. And so I want to have a word of prayer right now. I want to give you an opportunity right now to ask Jesus into your heart. Regardless of where you stand on any of these issues, we can all agree that Jesus came to die for your sin that he came to give you power to live like him. This is, on a very basic level, a heart issue. This is a human issue, and Jesus came to redeem humanity. 
And so I want to give you the opportunity right now to say a prayer that will invite Jesus into your heart so that he can affect change in your life. And then the entire vision of Legacy Church is for you to experience what God can do through you. And wouldn't it be cool if he could do reconciliation through you? Wouldn't it be cool if he could bring compassion to people groups through you? If that's something that you want, then I want you to bow your heads right now with me and say a simple prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my heart. Would you come in and make me like you? Forgive me of the things that I have done wrong, the things that you call sin. Hey, if you just said that for the first time, I want to welcome you to the kingdom. Thank you for joining us. And special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description below to give now, or you can go to LegacyChurch.online for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, take a screenshot, share it on your social stories, and tag us at Legacy Church Tustin. Thanks again for listening. God bless.